podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Again, we're so glad you're here today. To all the fathers, we honor you. We love you. Thank you for being here. And we have one of the greatest churches in all the world because we have some of the greatest people in all the world. Let's pray. Father, we're just so grateful, so thankful for this moment, for this, for this day. God, at all of our campuses, I'm just asking, God that, God, that you would bless your people. God, I pray especially for fathers today that you would encourage them. That, Father, you would, you would heal the, the areas in their lives that need healing. God, for those that are seeking purpose and destiny, God, I pray that you'd be the solution and the answer. For those that are struggling, God, I thank you that there's help here in this service. God, I pray that you'd use me in a powerful way to communicate your truth, that, that truly our perfect Father would be communicated in this service today. Bless our people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen, and amen. Come on, one more time, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Today, I want to focus our time on this thought that Jesus himself gives us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Here's what Jesus, your master, your savior, the head of the church said. He says, so if you who are sinful know how to give your children good gifts, How much more so does your Father in heaven, who is perfect, know how to give good things, hear that, good things to his children, good things to his children. This this is a thought that I want you to really go home with today. You see, what Jesus wants you to know is that you have a Father in heaven that is a good, good Father. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, Um, and we're grateful and thankful for our fathers here on earth, but I really want to shift our attention to to what Jesus wants to talk about here and this thought that that regardless even how good your father is here on earth or how bad, it just still can't compare to your father God in heaven. He's, 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 He's desiring to give you, I like this, good Things. I'm not sure if you know this, but in the Old Testament part of your Bible, the Bible separated into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament, or the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. But in the Old Testament part of your Bible, God was not known or was He revealed as a father. Very rarely would it even talk about Him being a father because He was not revealed that way. But when Jesus came on the scene in the New Testament to save humanity from their sins, he immediately, Jesus himself, immediately begins to reveal our God as a father. It was huge with Jesus. In fact, Jesus was the very first one in history to ever address God as father. The fact is, every single time, hear this statement, every single time that Jesus ever addressed God in the Bible, except once, he he called him Father. Every single time, 
in the New Testament, when Jesus addressed God, he called him Father except once. At the end of this service, we'll close by looking at that one time that Jesus did not call him Father. It was Jesus himself that that taught New Testament believers, that's us, that we need to relate and see God as our Father, that that even when we, we pray and when we talk to God, that, that we should call him Father. In fact, the disciples, you'll remember, you remember the disciples said, said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, this is the way you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be, that we should address him and relate to him as our Father. Now, there are many who struggle with this idea because of their own experiences with their own earthly father. And here lies the reality. Hear this. The reality of all earthly fathers, the reality is this, is that earthly fathers are not perfect, are not perfect. Now, this is what I know after 20-something years of, of pastoring and helping people, and especially men, you don't have to remind most dads that they're not perfect. Uh, we kind of already get it. Uh, we kind of already understand that. The, the truth is that all of our campuses today is that most dads struggle with the guilt and the shame of their mistakes and how they feel like they don't measure up to be that father or that dad that they, they should be. And I've just got some good news for all the dads and all the fathers at all of our campuses today is that is that you're not alone. Did you know that there was not one earthly father in the Bible that aced it? These guys in the Bible, they, they were a mess. They, they all messed up big time. They all had issues. And, and I love how the Bible didn't keep anything out. It, it put the raw facts in about people's lives. And uh, you don't have to look very far. I mean, just open to the beginning of Genesis, and you run right into the very first father by the name of Adam. You remember Adam, right? He listens to his wife. Wow, what a mistake. (laughs) It's it's Father's Day, right? Listens to his wife and eats of the forbidden fruit, and they get kicked out of the garden, and sin enters into the human race. And you don't have to move on very f- much further, and you bump into the father of our faith. He's called the father, uh, he's called Father Abraham. And you know Abraham, he had sex with the other woman. Uh, not because he wanted to, but because his wife told him to. I mean, what kind of wife has this guy got? He has sex with the other woman, then his wife gets mad at him. Abraham, the father of our faith. I mean, if you studied much about Abraham, he, he, he lied. He lied. He lied about who people were. And then Noah, I know you've heard this before, but it it just kind of helps some of us that haven't quite hit the mark. You know, Noah, he uh, was used greatly by God, right? And, you know, the boat and the the flood and and, uh, he saves his family and then gets out of the boat and gets hammered, gets drunk. He's so drunk that he loses his clothes somewhere. His, His kids come in and covers him up. Now, if I ended up doing that, I'd be on the evening news, lose my job. But Noah, he becomes a Bible hero. 
Wow, a lot. A lot, man. He started out good, but boy, did he ever end up bad. He ends up offering his own daughters to be ganged raped by the men of the city. Uh, the Bible puts it in there. Don't get mad at me. The Bible puts it in there for a reason. I, w- I won't even tell you about Judah. You couldn't probably handle what Judah did. Moses, most of us know him as a great deliverer, but Moses had an anger problem. Ends up killing a guy, tries to bury him, cover it up in sand. And, and not, not only that, but Moses, Moses uh, sends his kids away to live with his in-laws. Might not be a bad idea. David, the man after God's own heart. I mean, the list goes on. Commits adultery, <laughs> spying on naked women as they take baths, and then murders her husband. I know you're thinking, well, Joseph, Jesus' dad, he had to be perfect. I mean, to be Jesus' dad. I mean, they go to church one day, Joseph, Jesus' dad, and they leave Jesus at church. But <laughs> not just not like some of you do just for an hour to go get breakfast and not come to church. They actually left Jesus at church. They left him there for three days. Three days later, they look around and say, where's Jesus? They lost Jesus. How do you lose God? I mean, it's just crazy. You see, our imperfections, I love it, our imperfections don't disqualify us It just reveals our need for our own heavenly Father. And uh, the truth is, this is what I'm trying to tell you today. The truth is the only perfect Father is God Himself. And you need to hear this. Jesus made it His priority to reveal this kind of a Father, defining God as a perfect, loving, compassionate, good, good Father. In fact, when Jesus describes God as a father throughout scriptures, he defines him unlike any other father that has ever existed. So I just really sensed and felt as I was preparing for this weekend that we just needed to read through one of those stories. There's many, but one of those stories that Jesus gives us uh, about the Father God. It's, It's a familiar story. It's found in Luke chapter 15. And Jesus tells this story to show us just how good and how amazing the Father God is. And as we read this story, I want to just separate it into three different scenes for just for means of teaching this morning. We're going to start here with the first scene. The first scene is the son's decision to leave home. Again, this is Jesus painting a picture of the Father God. Verse 11, then Jesus said a man had two sons. We're just going to look at the younger son today. There's a whole another message about the older son. Just realize these, both of these sons were messed up. And the younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property. So the father divided his property between his two sons. And after a few days, the younger son gathered his possessions and left for a country far away from home. And there he wasted everything he had on a wild lifestyle. Some of your Bibles will say a prodigal lifestyle, a prodigal living. We don't use that term anymore. I chose this translation because we don't use that term. But simply, a prodigal lifestyle, a prodigal living just means unrestrained lifestyle. So anything goes. 
Verse 14 says he had nothing. Jesus said he had nothing left when a severe famine spread throughout the the country and he had nothing to live on. So he got a job from someone in that country and was sent to feed pigs in the field. No one in the country would give him any food. And he was so hungry that he would have eaten what even the pigs were eating. I want you to see it here. The son's decision to leave home. The son goes to his father and demands the inheritance. This is, this is crazy. Even in their culture, this son knew and understood that you don't ask for the inheritance before your dad is, is dead. It's just not right. So, so this son is asking for the inheritance while his dad is alive, which means that he wishes his dad was dead. This son is saying, Dad, I want your staff, but I don't want you. You see, this son is completely making the decision to reject his father. Again, the father here is a picture of God. The son in his selfishness says, I want what is mine. I want to go where I want to go, and I want to do what I want to do. I want to live my own life. I want to be my own boss. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And so the son rejects the father. But hear me today. The father doesn't reject the son. The father gives him his inheritance. And so the Bible says the son leaves home and he ends up squandering his life with ungodly living. And eventually his life is completely in a mess. The party is over and the friends are gone because the money is gone. Hello. And now he's working in a pig pen feeding sheep. Many of us here today, perhaps at all of our campuses, uh, we know the stench, the smell of that pig pen. We've been that son that has walked away. And in our own selfishness, We've all said, I want to do it my own way. I I, I want to live my own life. I want to do my own thing. I want to be my own boss. Why would we do that? The Bible explains it in Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there's a way that seems right unto a man. It doesn't mean that it is right, but but we think it is right. The Bible is very clear that our ways are not God's ways. And we've all walked away from the Father because it just seemed like the right thing to do. It seems right. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but here the next part of that verse, and the ends thereof is death. When you do your own thing and you leave the Father and you become your own person and you walk your own walk, there's things that end up dying in your life. And at the end of the day, it always, it always, at the end of the day, it always turns out the same for everybody. The ungodly living only leaves you broken, beaten, disgraced, discarded, and hopelessly lost. That's scene one, the son's decision to leave the father. Scene two is the son's decision to go back home. This This is encouraging. Now, it's in this hopeless situation, this messed up situation that the son finds himself in because he makes the decision that also the son makes another decision to go back home, hoping that his father will just have mercy on him. And we pick up the story as Jesus 
tells it in verse 17. At last he came to his senses and said, All my father's hired workers have more than they can eat, and here I am about to starve. I will get up and go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against God and against you, and I'm no longer fit to be called your son. Treat me, catch this, as one of your hired workers. And so he got up and started back to his father. So this son in his messed up spirit condition has a reality check and realizes that it's better with the father, that it's better with the father. I think somebody, one of our campuses perhaps, needs to hear that today. How bad does it have to get before you finally make the decision that is better with the Father? How far do you have to go? How broken do you have to be? How much hurt do you have to experience before you come to that place and realize it's always better with the Father? So the son, the Bible says, makes a bad decision to leave his father, but then the Bible teaches us that he makes a good decision to come back to the father. I want you to hear that today because the greatest, the greatest power that you have in your life is the power to make a decision. Hear me today. A lot of people say, wow, if God is in control... Why does all this bad stuff happen? Well, in a sense, God is in control, but God really isn't in control like you think because God has given you the power to make decisions. Don't blame the mess on God. Blame the mess on bad decisions. But here's the good news today. is that when we make a bad decision, we can make a good decision, decision that changes the bad decision in our life. So the son makes a decision that is just better with the father. I'm better back home. And so I, I like this, I like this, the, the context of what he says here because this son really shows us, shows us how to go back home or the way back home. And I believe it's important that I insert this here because you can sum, sum it up in one word. If you're looking to go back home, if you find yourself stuck in brokenness and in the pig pen of life, here's how you, here's how you go back home. Here, here's the way back home. We can sum it up in one word. It's, it's this word right here, honesty. The son decided to get honest. And the truth is we've all walked away from God in areas of our life, and the way back home to the Father is that we've got to get, we've got to get honest. He gets honest in three different areas of his life. First of all, he gets honest with himself. The Bible says that he came to his senses. One translation says he came to his right mind. In other words, he says, what the heck am I doing? I pray today that you would get honest and have a wake-up moment to say, you know what? Life doesn't have to be like this. That you would come to your right mind and that you would see a good, good father. So he had to get, he had to get honest with himself. Secondly, he had to get honest with other people. 
Did you, did you notice in the context that he says, I'll go home and just be a hired servant. Remember, this was the son. And he was go, willing to go home and work with all the other people who already knew that he was a son that squandered his dad's inheritance. But he was willing to do that. He was willing to get honest with other people. It's, it's huge. I don't know if you know it, but James 5, 16 says, confess your false one to another that you not, might be healed. Not, not forgiven, but that you might be healed. You see, when we quit living the lie with one another, we get healing in our life. And as long as you're not willing to get honest with people, you're stuck in a pig pen. But if you're done living the lie and you're willing to humble yourself and get honest with other people, there's healing that can come in your life. So he gets honest with himself. He gets honest with, with, with people. And then the third thing is he gets honest with the Father. The Bible says he was willing to confess his sin to the Father. He says, I'll get up and go to my Father and say, Father, I have I've sinned. All right, here's the last scene. It's, it's about just a few minutes, and we'll get you out of here. I know, I know your bellies are hungry. But this is the most important scene. This is the reason why you're in church today. It wasn't the songs. It wasn't the jokes. It was this point right here. This is what Jesus wants you to understand. The father's response to his son. Here's Jesus talking about it. Verse 20, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Verse 22, catch it. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe. What? Do you see what's happening here? The son wants to talk about his badness. But the father ignores all his badness and starts talking about all the father's goodness. This father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him and get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Anybody that understands the Bible understands that those are types and shadows. What, what, what the father is saying there is, I'm going to give him a robe of righteousness He's not going to be dirty and unclean and sinful. I'm going to, I'm going to put a robe of righteousness. He, he's going to be just like he's never sinned, a, a robe of righteousness. I'm going to put a ring on his finger. That's a signet ring. In other words, the authority of the father, everything the father has now becomes the son's. And I'm going to put sandals on his feet. I'm going to give him a new walk, a new, new way of living. The father doesn't want to talk about all the bad things that the son has done. The father wants to fix the problem. He wants to make him righteous. He wants to give him authority and a whole new way of living again. The father, Jesus goes on to describe the father did. And the father says, sandals for his feet and kill the calf. We've been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast. For the son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found Catch it, catch it. So the party began. The party began. Here at all of our campuses today, I believe that the party is getting ready to start for so many of you today. I believe 
Father's Day 2016 is going to be a transitional day for you, just like it was Eli's life. I believe God has a party, and the party is getting ready to start. God doesn't want to hear about all your badness. God wants to show you all of his goodness. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Now catch it as we close here. The son, this son in the story, man, he's just hoping for a roof over his head. He's just hoping. He's he's a pig pen. He's feeding pigs. He's just hoping for something to eat, and he's just hoping that his dad will give him a servant's job. But this isn't what happens because our father is not like an earthly father. The opposite thing happens in the story. No, the father sees his son in a distance and can't contain himself. He's full of joy, and the father runs out to meet the son who's coming back home. And the father greets him with compassion. The father greets him with forgiveness. And then the father welcomes the son back home with a whole lot of his goodness. I guess what I'm trying to get you to see today is what Jesus wants you to see. This is a picture of your heavenly Father. Jesus told this story to show you how good your Father is. And just in case you missed it, I'm going to break it down for you very, very simple. This is what Jesus wants you to see about your heavenly Father. It's not going to take me but a few seconds. You ready to hear it? Don't miss it. This is what you need to hear. Number one, here's what Jesus wants you to see. Your heavenly Father maintains his love for you even when you reject him. Come on, is anybody excited about that? You see, the father never rejected the son, even though the son rejected him. Here's what you need to know about your heavenly father, unlike any other father, is that he maintains his love for you, even... Maybe I'm, I'm preaching to Jesus' cousins, but for us, that need this, this is the best news we've ever heard. He, he's not mad at us. Hear me. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. That's what you need to hear today. You can reject him. You can walk away from him. You can do your own thing. But I'm here to tell you, God still maintains his love for you. He's a good, good father. Come on, celebrate the fact that he's a good father. Here's number two. Here's the second thing that Jesus wanted you to see about the father. Your heavenly father is looking and waiting for you to come home. Catch it today. The father didn't disown him. The father didn't go on about his business. The Bible says his father was on the road looking. I'm here to tell you, regardless what you've done, regardless where you've been, you've got to know your father is on the road. He's looking you. He's looking for you to make a good decision to come home to his goodness. Regardless what you've done, your story doesn't have to end with the pigs. Come on, somebody needs to hear that. I'm going to say it again. Your story doesn't have to end 
with the pigs. That's some good news here this morning. The Father is looking for you to come back home. Listen to me. You may not have nothing left. You may have squandered it all away, but you have someone left. His name is Father God, and he's looking for you to come back home. Here's number three. Come on, is anybody receiving this today? Here's number three. This is what Jesus wants you to know about the Father. Your heavenly Father wants to show you his goodness. I know we've already talked about that, but I don't know if this really impacts church-going people like it needs to. Did, Did you see that the Father not only forgives him of his sin. That, that would have been great to, not, to just get the mercy of God, not to get what you deserve. So the Father God gives him mercy. He forgives him. He forgives him of his sins, but he doesn't stop there. Then the Father starts blessing him, starts restoring him, starts to give him back status and position, and the Son did nothing to earn it or deserve it. Not only did God forgive, but God restored, and he did it in a moment of time. Here's what I need you to understand, and here's what I need you to hear today about our Father. God's not good to you because you're good. God's good to you because he's good. Come on. Come on, let that get in you. Come on, that's worth shouting about. Come on, that's worth celebrating. Come on, I'm going to say it again. God's not good to you because you're good. God's good to you because he's good. Come on, he's good. He's a good, good father. And he wants to be a father to you. Now, I said at the beginning of this message that every single time that Jesus ever addressed God in the Bible... Except for once, he, had, he, he, he called him, he called him Father. I want to show you as we close this service, I'm going to show you the only time that Jesus doesn't address God as his Father. It's found here in Matthew 27, 46. It's when Jesus was dying on the cross. It says about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, hear it, my God, my God, not my Father, my Father. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Hear me today. Why did Jesus not refer to God as his father? The reason is, is because Jesus was not being treated as a son here. Jesus was receiving the judgment. He was taking your sin so that you could be treated as a son and have the right to call him, come on, your father. Hallelujah. Come on, that's enough to shout about. Come on, that's enough to celebrate. Jesus felt the rejection of the Father so that you could be called sons of God. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads, close your eyes at all of our campuses, and maybe you're that person that's, that made that decision and you're far from home. You're far from God. I told you the way back home is very simple. You just got to get honest. You got to just get honest with yourself. Say, man, I'm just, this, this is crazy. This is, this is not the life I want to live. Get honest with people. Quit living the lie. And, and then most importantly, you just got to get honest with God. The son just simply came to his father and said, Father, forgive me. If you're here today and 
you're in the pig pen of life and you're far from, from God. You've chose your own way and, and certainly so many of us have done that in so many areas. So, so probably all of us could be coming home in one sense or another. But if, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never accepted what he did on that cross when he, when he experienced God turning his back on him so that you could be called the sons of God. I'm going to just lead us in a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer, especially if you don't, if you don't know Jesus or you've never received him as your father. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask everybody to join in and pray this prayer with us. Nobody praying this prayer alone. Here's what you need to understand. If you're here today and you want to come back home, the Bible simply says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. To believe in your heart, confess with the mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what I'm asking today. Don't just repeat a prayer, but mean it with all of your guts. Say this. Say, Father God. Say it with all your heart. Say, Father God, today I want to come home. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. And with your help, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, that's all it takes. Come on, that's all it takes. Come on, welcome home. Welcome home at all of our campuses. Welcome home. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.